blocked by Polak and Rice. Another spectacular stop. Broussard tees it up and a save is made by Bobrovsky. Nelson, Barzell with the open net and he scores! Hi, and welcome to the Locked On Islanders podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Gil Martin. I'm an Islanders columnist and historian, and I wrote the book Ice Wars, which covers the complete history of the Islanders' rivalry with the Rangers from 1972 to the modern era. All right, everybody, welcome to the weekend edition of the Locked On Islanders podcast. So glad you could join us. Want to thank everybody for making Locked On Islanders your first listen every day. We are free and available on all uh, platforms. What a tough day for the New York Islanders. They fall to the New Jersey Devils, score four to nothing in a game that was a little closer than the final score, but... Lots of problems to break down as far as the Islanders' performance is concerned. We'll get to all of that, plus uh, Ilya Sorokin, who certainly deserved better. We'll start to talk a little bit about the UBS Arena, the home opener, now uh, a week away, depending on when you listen to this, a week from Saturday, the 20th of November, against the Calgary Flames. So we'll start to talk a little bit about that and what it's going to mean for this franchise as they head to the finish line of this 13-game road trip. And we've got a great former Islanders goalie as our Islanders' birthday of the day. If you've got something Islanders-related on your mind, if you have a question, a comment, a, a topic that you'd like us to discuss on the show, please feel free to send us an email. The email address, LockedOnIslanders at gmail.com. And if you leave your first name and where you're from, We're happy to mention you on the show when we talk about whatever it is that's on your mind. You could also follow the show on Twitter at LockedOnIsles. And you could follow me, Gil Martin, on Twitter at IceWars, N-Y-R-V-S-N-Y-I. And we'll keep you up to date on all the latest Islanders news, notes, and happenings. Final score, 4 to nothing. Islanders coming up short in Newark, and, you know, why did the Islanders lose this game? Let's be blunt. Let's be honest. I think there were two major reasons. Yeah, there were a few other things that, you know, didn't go exactly according to plan, but two major reasons. The first one, unfortunately, was special teams. And the Islanders quite honestly, did not do a good job on special teams in this game. They were 0-3 for on the power play and gave up a shorthanded goal. Two things you just don't want to do. Uh, Not only were they 0-3 for on the power play, not only were they a minus one on the power play, but they just weren't creating a lot of quality chances in this game. They looked disorganized. They didn't have the puck movement. They didn't pass the puck quickly, which was another thing that the team was doing about a week, a week and a half ago when the power play was working so much better. They weren't sustaining long periods of time in the offensive zone. And yeah, in three power plays, they totaled four shots on goal, 
on Mackenzie Blackwood wasn't enough, weren't quality chances, and uh, that certainly cost them. And then, of course, the Devils going one for two. So the Devils a plus two on the power uh, on special teams, the Islanders a minus two. When you have a 4 nothing game and half the goals come on special teams and you're minus two, that's generally a recipe for losing hockey games. This power play needs to get going. It needs to wake up. They need to go back to that two, the two things they're not doing. Number one, they're not moving the puck well in the offensive zone. And then they're not moving, the players are not moving without the puck. So when you do both of those things, you're tiring out the penalty killers who are out there on the ice. They didn't really get a chance to do that effectively. And then the other thing is, go to the net. Uh, Someone's got to get in front of the goalie, screen the goalie, get those tips, those rebounds. They didn't do that on the power play. In fact, they didn't do that really throughout the game. And that is my second major point of contention uh, that we'll get to in just a minute. But, you know, the first person you think about when I say get in front of the net, get those tips, get those deflections, the first person that you always think about on the Islanders when you talk about doing that is Anders Lee. And, you know, Anders Lee... Three shots on goal in this game, not not bad. I would take, you know, three shots on goal for 82 games is uh, pretty good uh, numbers there for Anders Lee. But again, it's not just the shots themselves. It was the quality of shots. And if you look at the shot chart, and I always like to look at the shot chart, the Devils had a lot more quality chances from the high danger areas from the face-off circle drawing a triangle to the crease than the Islanders did. And, you know, so many of the Islanders' shots came wide or further away from the goal. And the Islanders, as a team, did not do what they needed to do. And part of that, part of doing that, realistically, is going to the net, getting those tips, those rebounds, setting those screens, making sure that Mackenzie Blackwood, you know, doesn't see the puck when it's coming at him. Screen the guy. Break his concentration. Make him work harder for the save opportunities that he's going to get. So, you know, that didn't happen enough in this game. And, you know, the Islanders did manage more than 40 shots on goal over the course of this hockey game. 42 shots overall. But Mackenzie Blackwood, who was a quality NHL goalie, hey, if he sees 41 out of the 42 shots or 42 out of the 42 shots, if he sees those shots, more often than not, he's going to save them. And... That's exactly what happened. Mackenzie Blackwood doing a great job in this game, but the Islanders didn't test him enough. They weren't aggressive enough in the offensive zone. Didn't work at uh, 
going to those dirty areas and, and, and making plays. And when you don't do that, you're relying on really good outside shooting and really, you know, you're kind of relying on the skill of your shot to be so good that the goalie is, it's going to beat the goalie, whether it's hard or uh, in close. Yeah, they just didn't have that. And the net result is that the Islanders, 42 shots, but not a lot of quality chances, and the shutout is the result. One Islander who definitely deserved a better fate is Ilya Sorokin. Sorokin, again, played well for the Islanders in this game, made 30 saves out of the 34 shots he faced, but you go back and look over the goals, and more often than not, you know, there wasn't a lot that Sorokin could do about it. And, you know, one thing Sorokin certainly can do is sue for non-support, and we'll talk about that uh, when we return to this episode of the Locked On Islanders podcast. So, yeah, more to get to when it comes to this game because the Islanders just did not get the job done, and it can't stay that way. It absolutely cannot stay that way if this team hopes to start winning. This episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes like the can- a candy bar. I tell you, I love Thanksgiving. It's my favorite holiday. All the good food and treats and plenty of them, but maybe you want a yummy dessert that isn't so full of calories and sugar. Well, it's the perfect time for Built Bars. Built Bar is the new holiday treat. You could feast on something delicious and feel good about it. Now, think about this. One slice of pie has upwards of 300 calories, and that is on the low end. Most Built Bars are only 130 calories and only 4 grams of sugar with plenty of protein. They're low-calorie, low-carb, low-fat, high-protein, covered in 100% chocolate. So, you know, definitely Built Bar going to get it done for you this holiday season. And there will be new surprises all month. There will be limited-time flavors arriving at Built.com regularly. So check the site throughout the month of November often. There's nothing like a Built Bar Black Friday, too. Mark your calendar because Black Friday will be a huge event with all sorts of surprises. Go to Built.com and use the promo code LOCK15. You'll get 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Built.com. Want to thank everyone again for making Locked On Islanders your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. We do have some emails in the mailbag. We will get to those on the Monday edition of the show. So uh, I want to thank everyone who did send them in, but uh, we will get a hold off on those until the Monday edition of the show. Ilya Sorokin did a great job of keeping the Islanders in a game that, you know, they didn't always deserve to be so close in. And one of the things that Sorokin did, I think he faced four breakaways in this game. And too often the Islanders turned the puck over. Too often the Islanders struggled in their own zone to clear the puck and just sort of left too many opportunities 
for the New Jersey Devils, and the Devils did a good job of taking advantage of them. So, realistically, Sorokin, 30 saves, could sue for non-support because, again, you look at the quality of the chances, and the Devils had so many. The first goal, the shorthanded goal, Sorokin made the save. You've got five guys on the ice. The opposition has four. The shooter was out of the play. You should be able to get to the rebound. That is something that you need to do when you're on a power play and the other team gets a shot. Islanders failed to get to the rebound and the result was, okay, you're down one to nothing. And, you know, the second goal was the power play goal by by Tomas Tatar. And again, it, it, it just was a situation where the Islanders didn't uh, cover the players correctly. And Tatar came in, had a great scoring chance, and was able to put it away. And then, you know, the late goal by Dougie Hamilton was sort of didn't matter at that point. It was already over. The third goal early in the third period by Dawson Mercer was sort of the backbreaker. But again, if you remember what happened on that play, just not a lot of things that Ilya Sorokin could do about it. And, you know, this is an Islanders team that essentially wins when they play solid team defense. When was the last time that you can remember as an Islanders fan that the Islanders gave up eight straight goals over two games? It's been a long time. I mean, I remember they they did get blown out in one playoff game seven to nothing by the Lightning uh, last year, but you know, it is unusual, let's put it that way, that uh, that you just have a situation where the Islanders give up eight goals. They were up 2-1 to one in Minnesota after two periods, gave up, you know, four goals in the third period, then gave up four goals and scored none against New Jersey. That's not Islanders hockey, and this team needs to get back to basics. So, hopefully... Uh, that is something they will do. You know what? I, I am going to go and uh, answer an email today. Uh, this one is from Ken in Minnesota. Hi, Gil. Really enjoy that your podcast is daily. Hearing about Uncle Leo leaving, I started thinking about the good things he brought to the game and really makes me lament his loss on the penalty kill. He was a tenacious pest and nuisance to the other team's power play. A great part of of why the Islanders were so good defensively. I feel as though his type of player is a dying breed. We've had super players in that role in the past. Guys that come to mind are Butch Goring, Ray Ferraro, Claude Lapointe. They could rag the puck like Matt Barzell does so incredibly and kill off time, or could be a shorthanded threat like Michael Grabner, who, by the way, is available and probably still skates faster than most players in the league. And at times, they could bring you out of your seat. We don't see that many players that can fill that art or that role anymore, and I miss it. Good luck, Leo. Thanks, Gil. 
from Cup Crazy Ken in Minnesota. Ken, thank you for the email. And yes, you know, I have always said, and I've talked about Uncle Leo a lot uh, over the last couple of years, he is not an ideal first-line player. And that was a role that, after Anders Lee got hurt, he sort of had to step in because of the way the Islanders uh, couldn't really find a better replacement. But you're right, uh, Ken, in that he rags the puck, he kills penalties, he digs pucks out of the corners. He's not going to show up on the box score every day, a guy like Uncle Leo. Kamarov is not going to show up on the box score. He is not going to, you know, fill the puck with goals or, or get a lot of assists, but he'll do the little things. You know what? I'll say it this way. Leo Kamarov was a professional, and he was hockey smart. He may not have had the skills to score 25, 30 goals in a season, even at his best, but he was smart. He played positional hockey. He played solid defense. And those are some of the reasons why he was such a good fit on Long Island, especially once uh, Barry Trotz came in and took over as coach. He's a role player, but you need role players. And you need good role players in order to win championships. And, you know, yeah, the Islanders needed Mike Bossy and Brian Trache and Clark Gillies and all the guys, Butch Goring, however, you know, not a Hall of Famer, but a guy you need. Bobby Nystrom, you know, 25, 30 goal scorer at his best, but did so many other little things really, really well. You mentioned Claude Lapointe. Ken, uh, in your email, and a- another great guy, not going to score 20 goals in a year, but kills penalties, digs out pucks, back checks, plays good defense as a forward, wins big face-offs. That's the kind of guy Uncle Leo was, not so much on the face-offs because he was a winger rather than a center, but you get the point. That was his role, and he did it well. So, Ken, thank you for the email, and uh, Uncle Leo, thank you for all you did as a New York Islander. We are now uh, fast approaching the home opener at the UBS Arena. This 13-game road trip has two games left. We'll talk about that, plus our Islanders' birthday of the day. More to come on this episode of the Locked On Islanders podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by your friends at BetOnline. We're back and better than ever. A new web interface for the start of the basketball season and more props, odds, and lines than ever before. BetOnline remains your number one spot for all the basketball and football action this season. So head to our new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use the promo code LOCKEDON to receive your bonus. And yes, using that promo code, betonline.ag will give you free money to bet on on site for being a Locked On Islanders listener. From basketball, football, baseball, NHL, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. So check out Bet Online where the game starts. 
Time now for our Islanders birthday of the day. And uh, Saturday is going to be the 53rd birthday for former Islanders goaltender Mark Fitzpatrick, the Toronto, Ontario native drafted by the LA Kings back in the second round in 1987, made his debut for the Kings uh, in during the 1988-89 season after playing one uh, a, part of one AHL season for the old New Haven Nighthawks. Uh, ended up with the Islanders by the end of the 88-89 season and stayed with the team through 1992-93. And, you know, the thing about Mark Fitzpatrick, solid goaltender, uh, stand-up guy, but what a lot of people may not remember about Mark Fitzpatrick is that he ended up getting a very serious neurological disease called eosinophilia myalgia syndrome. Made him miss almost all of the 1990-91 season. He didn't return to the ice until February of 1992. And because he was so dedicated to the game, ended up winning the Bill Masterton Trophy in 1992 for dedication to hockey. Uh, Ended up going on to uh, being traded to the Nordique Uh, before the expansion draft that added Florida and Anaheim back in June of 93. And uh, basically, Ron Hextall came to the island on that one. And then the Florida Panthers chose Fitzpatrick in the expansion draft. So the Islanders, you know, lose him to Florida. And he played for Florida, briefly for Tampa Bay, Chicago, and Carolina before ending his hockey career in the IHL in 2000 and 2001. Fitzpatrick, uh, again, solid goaltender. We're going to look at one of his better games with the Isles after he returned from the illness March 14th, 1992 at the Nassau Coliseum. Islanders hosting the Buffalo Sabres. Sabres go with David Littman in goal. Obviously, Mark Fitzpatrick is the goalie for the Islanders. And Buffalo scored first. Uh, Islanders were down a man. Rich Pilon, a five-minute high-sticking major and a game misconduct just 11 seconds into this one. Doug Bodger scored on the power play for Buffalo. Christian Rutu and Randy Wood with the assist just a minute 59 in. Islanders down 1-0, but they come back. Daniel Marois evens it up at 15.45. His 16th from Benoit Hogue and Uwe Krupp ties it at 1. And then Pierre Turgeon is 39th from Benoit Hogue and Steve Thomas with uh, 2.40 left in the opening period. After one period, it was 2-1 in favor of the Islanders. Second period was scoreless, but in the third, the Isles add to the lead. Steve Thomas pots his 23rd. Turgeon and Derek King with the assist at 5.48. And Marty McGinnis ends up closing out the scoring, his second, from Mick Vakoda and Adam Creighton at 13-32. Islanders skate away with a 4-1 to win, but here's the thing. Islanders were outshot 39-29 to in this game. Mark Fitzpatrick, 38 saves to earn the win, and if not for that uh, power play goal he gave up just... A little less than two minutes into the game, 
he could have had the shutout, but a 38-save performance by uh, Mark Fitzpatrick and uh, a memorable game for a classy guy who overcame long odds in order to resume his hockey career, finished with 329 NHL games played, a 3.12 goals against average and an 896 career save percentage. Not bad when you add the fact that he played for some expansion teams in there, which certainly makes it a little tougher. We are now one week away from the home opener. I am so excited for the start of, first of all, for the Islanders to play a home game. You know how difficult it is to play 13 straight games on the road. Uh, Islanders still need one more point to go 500 on this uh, 13-game road trip and three points to get my goal, which was 15 points in 13 games. We'll see if they can do it. Not easy. Two tough teams they still have to face in the defending two-time Stanley Cup champion Lightning and the Florida Panthers. Those games will be Monday and Tuesday, so we'll have a full preview of that on Monday's show. Once again, I want to thank everyone for making Locked On Islanders your first listen every day. Now make your second listen Locked On Bets, your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. It's hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from handicapping expert Lee Sterling. So check out Locked on Bets. It's free and available on all platforms. That will do it for this episode of the Locked on Islanders podcast. I want to wish everybody a great weekend. The final week before the home opener for the New York Islanders, the long-awaited debut of the UBS Arena, so we will definitely have that for you. And all week, we will be building toward that magic moment for this Islanders franchise history will be made. And I also just wanted to mention that Tuesday will be the 500th episode of the Locked On Islanders podcast since I started doing the show. Uh, Hard to believe that we've come this far, and and I am personally touched Uh, by getting close to this milestone, and I want to thank each and every one of you for listening over time. Have a great weekend. Stay safe, everybody, and of course, let's go Islanders!